Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Pastor Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you for being with us as we continue our studies of the Word of God. And in our subject over the last couple of weeks has been about and in the book of Galatians. And as we started out, we talked about how that this book Paul wrote to a church, the church is there in Galatia. And his main subject, as we'll get in today and continue on today, is how that he was disappointed in them that they were leaving the gospel that he had preached to them. And when we're talking about gospel uh, in, in the 21st century or 20th century and years after Paul was deceased, um, the gospel became many things. Uh, but the original understanding of it, that the gospel is was called and is called the too good to be true news, or the almost too good to be true news. And the fact that God would come and fellowship not only with man, but in him. And as we go about our studies today and, and, and continue on and the things that Paul taught the church, he was getting to a point and getting to uh, these thoughts that this gospel which uh, was given to him was not given by a man. He did not go unto the uh, uh, scholars of his day. He did not go to the disciples that walked with Christ. And But Jesus had a, had a mission for him because Jesus was the end of the Old Testament. He is the one that when he came into the world, he brought, as the angels told the shepherds, he brought good news. And that good news was that there was no, the, the, the enmity between God and man. He said, there will be peace. He was bringing peace, not between men, but between God and men. The, the sacrifice, the blessed Savior was coming. And here he is, and God himself manifested in the flesh in Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And what Jesus did was he satisfied everything that pertained unto the Old Testament, pertained unto the laws rather. And what he gave to us, the apostles said, this is the new, or rather the word of God says rather, that this is the new and living way. The Old Testament, the old, um, I keep saying Old Testament, under the law, there was a, 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 a script that was given to Paul, that came from Paul, from God. And many people here today, when they hear talking about the, uh, the Old Testament and the New, they're thinking that you're disparaging or uh, uh, somehow uh, throwing away the Old Testament. When the Bible clearly says that it's our schoolmaster. But there, came, there comes a time, there comes a time in all of our lives when we graduate and we go take the next step. It don't mean that we forget. For in that, we learn from the Old Testament. We see God in his love for his people, his love for Israel, and how he set them apart, and how he loved them time after time after time. But what did the law do for them? The law showed them God's heart, that God is against sin. But yet, God prepared a way out for them. Even before there was a law, and you read in the book of Genesis, and when uh, Cain, uh, when after rather when uh, uh, Adam and Eve had uh, sinned against God, what did God do? The Bible says Adam and Eve they covered themselves because it says they were naked, so they went and got fig leaves and they sold the they sold the fig leaves together as for a covering for themselves. But what did God do? The Bible says that He took skins and He covered them. So what did that mean? If you go back to Genesis and you read in that, uh, third, uh, that third chapter, for there to be animal skins, that means there had to be the death of the animal. That means there was bloodshed. And the Bible says in Revelation 13, it says before the foundation of the world, the lamb was slain. 
Jesus gave his life. And just think about it. I often this, and, if, and hopefully we will all at time think about the great sacrifice that God did for us. Think about what he did for people and for, uh, for humanity. Before he created them, before he created Adam, he knew that if it, somewhere, someplace, there was going to have to be a provision for somebody was going to turn against him. But God already had an answer. He already had a remedy. He already had the solution before the problem occurred. Did God cause, uh, put, put the uh, tree in the garden for Adam and Eve to sin? No, because they were innocent. They didn't have a sinful or a lustful nature. God birthed them. God birthed uh, Adam, rather. He created Adam out of the dust of the earth. And Adam had a, had a, had a, um, he had a spirit that was innocent. He wasn't a perfect man, but was an innocent man because he did not know sin. So as we get into this word today, consider what the Father has done for us. And all throughout the scriptures, Jesus said, in the volume of the book, it was written to me. And you go from Genesis to Revelation, that in all of the books, there's a picture of the Son of God in some way, shape, or form. You can see Jesus out throughout the scriptures as God was foretelling him foretelling the earth weather of my son is coming. My son is coming. The deliverer is coming. I believe Moses said Shiloh. That's what Moses, he said Shiloh is coming. The peace, the peacemaker is coming. David saw him crucified in, 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 uh, in Psalms 22. Isaiah saw him coming uh, with, with the dyed garments, the dyed in red. He saw that, I believe he saw that bloody garment that he would wear in, in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah also spoke of him in the ninth chapter, in the ninth and tenth chapter, when he was born of a virgin. All of these books, time after time after time, they, scripture was written so to just plant the seed and that pathway. And so that faith would be there. The Bible, the word of God wasn't just given so that man, so that uh, we would have something to read. But what God was doing, he was speaking for. Because when God created the earth, what did he do? In Genesis, he spoke for, and there was light. He said, light be, and there was light. So God had to speak the word that there's a seed coming. There's a son coming, a redeemer coming. And when that redeemer gets here, he's going to bring man back to a place. To where now, God deals, as he dealt with, with, uh, with Adam in the garden, having relationship with him, so does God desire to have a relationship with us. So let's get started today. We're going to start out today in the book of Galatians, first chapter. And before we do, give you a couple of ways to reach out to us. First, uh, by uh, by mail, if you so choose. It's Pastor Eric, post office box five, I'm sorry, post office box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. That's Pastor Eric, post office box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. Or you can email us at Pastor Eric523 at gmail.com. That's Pastor Eric523, the number 523 at gmail.com. And so let's get let's start reading today. And uh, before we do, let's go in words of prayer. Father, we thank you for all those who would join us here. We thank you, Lord, for that our eyes will be open, our hearts will be receptive to that which you speak. I pray, God, that. Not only that you would speak through me, God, and give us wisdom and knowledge and understanding, Lord, that we would speak this word in a way that it would have effect, the, the, the cause and effect, God, that you would have it to have upon those. For you said in the word, your word, Lord, my word shall not go out 
and return unto me, Lord. We desire to shed light, bring back to remembrance the word of God to those who hear. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're starting out and continuing on in Galatians, the first chapter. We're going to start reading at the, let's start reading about the, uh, around the, around the, around the uh, let's start ninth verse, ninth verse. Galatians 1 and 9. And as we have said before, so I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Now again, he says, if anybody preaches anything rather than what I've given to you, and what did we say earlier? That the gospel, uh, that definition of, of the gospel is the almost too good to be true news. So in other words, it's again, it's a message that seems so astounding. It's so, it's so, it, it almost reaches the realm of impossibility, yet it is possible because, because this is what God destined. But it's so that God says that if you was, Jesus said, if you believe on me, as the scripture has said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. So God not only wants to move on us, he desires and does live on the inside of every believer. So that God comes and fellowships with us. Jesus said, I, my, my father, we stand at the door now. He said, I come to sup with you. I come to fellowship with you. And this is what the gospel is about. Uh, the, the Christian life is not just a religion. Yes, Christianity is a religion. However, it's more if when, with the believer and our father, it's about in a relationship to where we can re relate to him because we have the same spirit. He is our father. God dwells on the inside of us with his Holy Spirit. We did not just receive a spirit, as I've said before, but we have the Holy Spirit. And I want to continue to bring this to your mind because we live in a world today that there's so many things bombarding us. I'm talking about, you know, the ailments. And, you know, when you get older, they tell you about, oh, when you reach a certain age, you're going to suffer this. It's going to be arthritis. You're going to have high blood pressure. You're going to have, uh, you know, you have uh, a memory loss and all these other things. And, you know, you're not functioning, whether it's male or female. And you know, this is, this is, uh, well, you look for this because these are signs. You're getting older. You're getting older. You know, and uh, there are things that we say when people cross over into 40 how they're over the hill and you know they'll give you a uh some a present or a gift of a, a 40 black balloons signifying death all of these things just gender those thoughts in our minds if we listen and if we go according to the culture according to the world is that you know what my time's about up i should when i get older you know my my, my steps get slow my my vision's uh, gets uh, a dimmer is that uh, you know my my cognitive reading, reasoning my mind you know I'm slower now you know uh, I may get cancer and 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 all of these other maladies that out in the world that you know one day you're healthy the next thing you know you know people say like it's here today gone tomorrow because that's the thoughts of people who do not have a God but if you are a believer and I pray that if you're not you will become one that. You can have the pleasure of knowing a Savior that loves you. A God that loved us before we even knew what love was. No matter where you find yourself today, no matter how bad, no matter how ugly your life was prior, the Lord Jesus Christ is able to set wrong things right. He's able to make crooked paths straight. 
He's able to flatten the hills or raise up the valleys, whatever it takes. Jesus is able to set you aright. A scripture says that, you know, he's able to take those, the, the, the pauper from the dunghill and set them among princes because that's the kind of God he is. And not only that, Peter says that, you know, when we become believers, that we are the ecclesia, the called out one. That's what Jesus is doing. Not because we're better in our flesh or we're so exalted that we can't be, uh, that, that we won't be affected by this life. Everybody in this life has, a, uh, has an expiration date. Nobody is going to live forever in this present faith, uh, flesh. rather. But all of us are going to live forever. You will exist somewhere forever in eternity. All of us have eternity ahead of us. And when we step from this life into eternity, and that's at death, when we do that, if the Lord delays his coming, I will do that. If Jesus delays his coming, that there's going to come a time that I'm no longer in this earth. And then I will step from this life into the next life. And if we have simply believed, that's what Jesus is asking us to do. And it's so simple. As Psalm 35 said, there's a way and a highway. And he said, and the wayfaring man shall not be able to walk on that, on that, uh, on that highway. But he says, on this way, with the, with the Holy Spirit has uh, shown us, as scripture says, that he will show us things to come. He will give us, he has brought us wisdom and knowledge. We've gotten the fruits of the Spirit, as Galatians 5 says. He says, a way that the fool should not err. Jesus says, I'm going to make it so simple that the fool... And the Bible describes the fool as he that says there is no God, even one who would not believe and deny that there is a God. Jesus says, I am going to make it so simple that even he would not err if he would follow the instructions and follow the way that I have laid out for him. And see, when we step, when Jesus uh, uh, died, the Old Testament ended. New Testament began. And this is where a man who was a he, who consented to the to the uh death of Stephen. Paul was the one that was holding uh the cloaks of those, the rock throwers. Okay, who 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 was at the rock party when they stoned Stephen to death because he dared testify that Jesus Christ was the Son of God and the Messiah. And that the way that was that was brought forth by Moses, that time had ended. Stephen died for that. He was martyred for that. And this is why Paul, why the Lord quickened Paul and told him, I'm just going to read this a little bit over in the book of Acts. How the Lord was speaking to Paul. He was telling him, I'm calling you for a new work, Paul. I've got something for you to do. This is over in the book of, uh, book of Acts. This is the ninth chapter and around the uh, third verse. Nine, uh, Acts 9 3. And as Saul, as he says, as Saul journeyed from near Damascus, suddenly there shone round about him a light from heaven. And he fell on the earth and heard a voice that said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? See, this is who Saul was persecuting the church. He Again, he was the one that consented to, uh, to, to, to uh, Stephen's death. He was going, he, was had, he, he would get the letters from the uh, high priest. And Paul basically was the prosecutor. He would go find those Christians who dared believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God and declared him to be Savior. They, he, Paul would go. 
He would point them out. They would drag them out of their house, present them before the uh, priest of, and the people of that town, the religious leaders, and they could be stoned. They could be thrown into prison. They could be uh, jailed. They could be beaten. All of these things that happened to believe and was happening, not just could, did happen. But Jesus told him, he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Letting him know, not only are you persecuting my people, I am my people. This is my body. We are the body of Christ. We are the carriers of the gospel now. We are. God has come to dwell in us, through us, for us, on us. And he desires to see us walk in the newness of life in this day. Jesus is that new and living way. And as we read more about the gospel, we must not try to add and mix the law with the gospel. And we'll read further how Jesus, the scripture says that if man is freed and man could be declared righteous by the law, then Jesus died in vain. Why would Jesus come? Whether I'll put it this way. There was no reason for Jesus to come into the earth and if man would continue on in the law. And basically, they would just add Jesus to the mix. But no, Jesus came for the new and living way where God uh, uh, lived in man and on man and through man, and now we walk as children, Gentiles, those who were not born Jewish, those who did not have the blood of Abraham running through their veins. We have the blood of Christ in us, covering us with the Holy Spirit in us. So this is what Jesus was saying. So you're persecuting me. In the back part, uh, in the second stanza of that fifth verse says, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. He said, it's hard for thee to kick against the prick. He says, you're going against something that cannot be defeated. The gospel, the living church, shall and is triumphant. It will not go down. And though many say, and, and wants to prosecute the church, and uh, the, the church that says, grace is the answer. Grace, and because Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. The love of God. And when we say grace, we mean that we love. It's the love of God for us. The love of God through us that will change a man's heart. Where hearts will be changed. God doesn't just want your acts to be changed. He wants your heart to be changed. The, the very in, the, the intentions. Your motives to change. The reason why you give. The reason for your giving. Is because that that that. We, because we love God. Many want to make a controversy now about paying tithes and giving an offering. They said, oh, my, uh, 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 this pastor is coming out against paying tithes. And if you heard the whole story, Paul does the same. Paul speaks of uh, that, that, we, that everything we do, that God loves a cheerful giver. Whether you're paying tithes, God loves you. If you're not paying tithes, and you and you, I believe you're misguided if you're not. Because the, 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 the very Holy Spirit, the very love of God prompts you to give. The Spirit in us prompts you to give. It prompts us to share our what we have with others. Share our testimony, share our uh share our share the love that God has given us, that we give to the local church, we give to uh to, to the uh uh the fatherless and the widows, we are givers. The body of Christ is our givers because this is what is in us. The very nature of a believer is to give. So for those who say, you know, well, I'll just keep my money. 
I seriously doubt that you are a believer if you are not a giver. At the least, at the minimum, you're misguided. At the worst, you've been deceived into thinking that, well, you know what? All these preachers, they're just liars. All of them, they're thieves. There is no perfect church. There is no perfect pastor. And you are not perfect either. The gospel writer says that we have this treasure in earthen vessels, meaning God, as I said earlier, God gave us the Holy Spirit. And because he did, he put it in us knowing my people aren't perfect. But Jesus is going to perfect that which is concerning me. He told Paul, the same writer, as Paul began to live this life and Paul began to find out as he studied the word of God. And then he let the Holy Spirit speak to him. Let's go on and finish this. Sixth verse, the second stanza, he told Paul, he said, Arise, go into the city, and it shall be told what thou must do. And as he got on closer into uh, the street called Straight, where the Lord was leading him, down in the 11th verse, he said, Rise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas. For one called Saul of Tarsus. Now he's talking to, I'm sorry, he's talking to uh, Ananias. And he had had a vision. He was talking about Paul. Paul had a vision. And a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. See, the man of God had to answer him. See, this is what happens when you have the Holy Spirit. He will lead you. He will guide you into all truth. This is what the grace of God has provided for us. You didn't get this under the law. You didn't get the Holy Spirit in you. Yes, men of God had the Spirit move on them. The, the anointing moved on Saul. The anointing moved on David. But David looked for a day. He said that when, when, uh, when men's iniquity will be pardoned, he looked for a day. The sure mercies of David, as the scripture called them. But David said, there's coming a time. And we are the ones living in that time where grace has been, has been abounded, meaning it has been abundantly put upon us. God only asks that we would not only receive it, but then by faith display it. Let the love receive it. First, you, got, you cannot give what you don't have. And see, you, with the, the love of God that you've received, then you can have. Then you not only can have, but you can display it. It can be on display. Miracles, signs, and wonders. Because scripture says, faith works by love. It works by love. And when we allow that love of God to flow through us, through others, God will give you a word of, 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 of wisdom. He'll give you a, a prophecy. He'll give you a, 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 a encouragement. He'll give a, put a song in your heart. He'll do all of these things because as we receive his love, God loves his church. He loved the people of God. He loves those who has received his son and received him as Lord, as king, as redeemer, as saver, savior. All of these things is what Jesus has done for us. So going back to uh, Galatians, as Paul begins you know, now to talk even more, he says, uh, in, in the 10th verse, I'm going to skip down to the 10th verse. He says, for I do not now persuade men, or he said, for I do not now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I please men, I shall not be the servant of God. But I certify unto you, verse number 11, uh, Galatians 1 11, brethren, 
that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of men, of man brother, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Again, what Jesus did was he came to give us and to live the life of one who fulfilled the law perfectly. At his death, the New Testament began. And Paul goes into and goes to that in depth. Well, he says plainly that as long as the testator, meaning the person that wrote the will, if you got a real for your children, and if you've left them anything of value, they don't receive it till you die. See, nobody was saved as long as Jesus was, was, was living. Nobody was receiving, uh, receiving uh, uh, salvation. The, Jew, the, the, uh, the Gentiles weren't. The Jews had a promise. They had the promise of Abraham. And if they would abide, abide by the law, then they would be, they would be, uh, they would enter into Abraham's bosom. But even they had to receive the message of Christ before they ascended up into the heavens. Because the scripture says that they were abiding in paradise. That's what they were waiting on. They were waiting on, uh, they were waiting on Shiloh to come, as Moses has said. And when Jesus went down, not only did he go down to uh, uh, beat down the devil and put it in shorthand, but also to give the word to Isaiah, to David, to uh, Samuel, to, uh, to uh, Moses, to um, uh, Abraham, to all of these patriarchs. They too had to hear the message of the king. So here Paul is saying, I didn't receive this from Gamaliel. He's the one that taught me the law. But now the message of grace, he got it through the Holy Spirit as he communed with God. And the Father gave him a message that has changed lives forever. Had made it possible for us who are Gentiles, who had no right to the kingdom. If you, because we didn't receive the law. If you weren't Jewish, you didn't receive the law. Am I saying the law is wrong? No. The law is good for, uh, if you could live, uh, if you could, uh, the law over a people, it can maybe contain sin, but it doesn't give them life. Only thing the law did, the scripture says, before the law, I didn't know sin. None of us did. When you, until you, when you learn to do not, do not kill, do not steal, do not commit false witness, do not commit adultery, all of those things, have no other God before me. All of these were, were, were the do nots, but it did not tell you how to walk by faith and to walk in love, and to walk victoriously. The Bible said Christ died once, dieth no more. Under the law, they continually had to give sacrifices. They continually was, was sacrifices, being, being the lamb, the dove, the bull, the goat, all of these animals, it was bloody. The law was a bloody religion because it was dealing with the imperfect people. But the Bible says in Corinthians uh, 5.17, if any man be in Christ, any man be in Christ, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all have become new. If any man, if any woman, if any liar, if any adulterer, if any murderer, if any drug addict, if anyone would so desire and just receive him. When Jesus walked the earth 
and the, 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 the Jewish leaders saw the one Jewish leader saw him and they saw him healing the sick and raising the dead. They saw him feeding thousands. And they said, he this man, a certain man said, How might I do the works of God? I see you doing it. I want to do that too. You know what Jesus told him? Believe on the one whom God has sent. He simply asked him to believe. Now I know there's more to, to the to the gospel to grace, the gospel of grace, the gospel of God, than just simply receiving. Yes, there is. But the but the beginning of it is to receive. Most of us have received it. But many, so many want to mix the law with it. And they're offended for anyone to tell them that you know what? It's about your attitude. If you're still trying to keep the Sabbath as the Jews kept it, if you're still trying to keep the Ten Commandments, holding it above the grace and love of God that Christ and Paul, Paul preached and Jesus set aside, if you do these things, then you deny the Son. Many would say, oh no, I believe in Jesus, but Jesus just added to what uh, Moses did. It's not Jesus and the gospel is not an addition to the law. It's just like oil and water. They don't mix. If you're going to follow the law, follow it. But I'll tell you what James said. If you offend in one, and they're not just 10, there are 613. If you offend in one, if you're guilty in one, you're guilty of them all. But Jesus is our righteousness. He lived them all perfectly. And because he did, we are perfect in our spirits. Because he's our righteousness. Let me cheat and skip ahead. This is uh, Second Corinthians, I mean, uh, Galatians 2.21. This is uh, Paul writing. He says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Three one says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, by whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you know of the change that has happened in your life. You know. And then when we, I believe so many of the, our elders that have died, you know, they died 10, 15, 20 years ago, and we see how the culture is changing. And I see some wanting to go back to what they call the hard gospel, where men are killing sin. You can't kill sin. Sin can be covered. Sin can be forgiven. But only God is going to be, he's going to cast sin and Satan into the lake of fire. But a preacher can't do it. If Jesus didn't kill sin, how are you going to kill it? It was God in the flesh. I'm hollering. <laughs> Forgive me. But I would say, and I beseech you by the mercies of God, that you would get your Bible and read Romans, the book of Romans, especially uh, chapters 1 through uh, 9, right around 1 through 8 and 9. Because this deal, both of are those 
deal with the with the gospel of God. And also Galatians, where Paul talks to the uh, Galatians church. And he begins to tell them, what I've given you, the love that I've shown to you, do not throw it away because for man's traditions. Do not throw them away because the culture is changing. And because we want to go back to how things used to be when people looked plain and the women came looking a certain way. And a man came and you could tell who was saved and who was not. Jesus said it plainly. Man looks on the outward appearance, but it's God that looks on the heart. I pray that you got something out of the word of God today. I pray that we didn't get very far. We're going to try to uh, pick it up a little bit, pick it up some as, on our next teachings. But I pray that you would read and study the book of Romans, the book of Galatians, and that you would study the word of God. Everything concerning grace, everything concerning the New Testament church is founded on God's love. All of your giving, all of your living, all of your worship, all of your service, if it's not founded in God's love for you, then you have, uh, uh, just like the others, just like the Pharisees, you're serving for yourself. God wants your heart. He wants relationship with you more than he wants your service. We just pray. Father, join me in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the love of God. We thank you for the sacrifice of those who've gone before us. And I pray that your people's eyes will become open, Lord. That you would open their eyes. That they would read the scripture. They would read the word of God. And just ask you to talk to them. I could speak a million words, Lord. But I've said it before. One touch of your favor is worth a lifetime of labor. I pray for those who desire to move forward. I pray, Lord God, that there's a revelation coming to their hearts. There is a new day shining upon them, O oh Lord. Their eyes, O oh God, have received this anointing that you have for this last day, church. Souls are being saved. Eyes are becoming open. And the power of God is flowing from heart to heart. Men and women, O oh God, are preaching and teaching the word of God as never before. And the world sees a church moving forward. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.